When Risa Gru was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease that caused chronic inflammation and a host of other health issues, she knew she had to figure out what the root cause was. And thanks to testing and subsequent dietary and supplement treatments, she was able to reverse her symptoms naturally. And she quickly realized that she could help others do the same. Risa Gru is a functional nutritionist and certified autoimmune coach with a private practice in Newport Beach, California. And today we talk about her practice and her new book, Food Frame, Diet is a Four Letter Word, and how she helps her clients identify their specific health needs and begin the healing process with food and a wide variety of other protocols. We both come from a lot of the same perspective and boy, we really get into it and talk about different chronic diseases and also hormone imbalance. Yes, that is affecting a lot of us, uh, yours truly, and how food and lifestyle can really make a huge difference. But you got to know the facts and you got to have your baseline testing done in order to be able to know where to go from here because diets are not for everybody and not one size fits all. So let's dive in. I think you're gonna get a lot out of this one. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I wanna welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? Risa, it's great to have you on the show. It's great to be here, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, you know, when I found your book title name, I was like, wow, we are cut from the same cloth. We're definitely on the same page. How did you get started in this field, kind of specifically addressing people's symptoms rather than, you know, kind of the, the disease, so to speak? As long as I can remember, I was always interested in food, nutrition, and how food made us feel. And I just remember growing up in a house with my mom and my grandma always talking about being on a diet and this is bad food and this is good food. And I thought, this is weird. You know, it's all food. Why is why do we have these categories of food and what makes us feel good and what not? Yeah. So um, I just read every nutrition book you know, possible. And then um, I went back to school and became a uh, certified clinical nutritionist, but I've been um, taught in functional uh, nutrition or functional medicine guidelines. So that's what I do. I'm, I am all about why in my life. I want to know why things happen. Why do we need to do certain things? And there's just no difference than in my office. I want to know why is it that we have chronic headaches? Why is it that we have anxiety or depression or why we gain weight and why some people don't? It's not a deficiency in medication. I know that. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, conventional medicine just gives you a pill for now. And I want to know why. It's fascinating to me to find out what is the driver of, of this particular disease or this ailment or this symptom. Yeah. So, so you, you see patients on a regular basis yes. in your office. Are you seeing specific 
things happening um, during certain times or are, is this sort of systemic, like kind of throughout the year, you're seeing people complaining about very specific, I'm just really curious to hear kind of, do you see things happening seasonally or does it, you know, are people just tired all the time? Yeah, I don't particularly see things seasonally, except for we saw the quarantine 15. I did see a lot of that. I still am seeing that coming in. Um, and then, um, you know, when we have political strife, it seems like there's a lot of stress and people get affected. Um, fatigue, I think people just live with all the time, which is insane to me. Um, but people um, are sick. And I think they're so used to not feeling good. They're just used to feeling at a five rather than a 10. Yeah. And so they just don't even realize how bad they feel until we clean them up and they go, wow, I feel great. Mm -hmm. So yeah, people suffer. I'm, I'm always amazed, number one, with how resilient the body is. And number two, how long people can live with headaches. And I had a kid recently who's 15 years old and he's had diarrhea for two years. He never told his mother. So every single day, this kid's had diarrhea. Like, like how is that okay to live with this for two years? Um, well, I think, you know, people get used to a condition, right? And it just becomes kind of part of them. And for whatever reason, maybe it's embarrassment. Maybe it's just acceptance. It's you know, I, I've had the same thing where I've talked to people who are like, I get migraines all the time. And I'm like, well, what do you think is bringing them out? I don't know. I'm like, don't you want to know, <laughs> you know, I'm right. interested to know, because wouldn't you rather not have that? How do you begin breaking down a person's, you know, their symptoms and how it could be related to food? So two things that I do is I listen to them. I ask a a lot of questions when they first start coming to, to work with me because I believe that they're not crazy. I believe that they know their body better than I do or any other medical professional. And so I listen to those symptoms because that's very telling for me. The second thing I do is I'm a data freak, right? I always say I cannot play darts with the lights off when I cannot see the target. I'm gonna guess, I'm not gonna be very good at it. We're all gonna get frustrated, right? But conversely, when I see the target and all the lights are on and I know exactly where I'm going, I'm pretty good. So I collect a lot of information. So I'm doing a comprehensive bioscreen. I'm testing you for all 10 markers of your thyroid, all four markers of your blood sugar. I'm looking to see if there's insulin resistant. I'm looking at your iron. I'm looking at your um, inflammation. I do two major inflammation markers. I'm looking at the breakdown of your white blood cells. I want to see it all. And those things, when those are off, um, those will tell me, it'll, it'll give me a path. If we have, um, you know, MTHFR gene mutation, which I test everybody for very common, that can be um, cause some anxiety, headaches, migraines, a, a myriad of, of symptoms. That's a huge factor in, 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 in considering symptoms. So I do that every single person I work with gets blood test the first day. And then this, and the other thing I do is a comprehensive stool test. So okay. I'm looking over 84 pathogens. I wanna see what is in the body. Do we have H. pylori, which can cause a lot of havoc. I'm looking at potential autoimmune conditions. I'm looking at um, candida and fungus and parasites and worms. And then I get a whole area that tells me, are you making your own digestive enzymes? Because that's a huge factor. How are you with fat malabsorption? Are you, how do you do with gluten? What's your inflammation like? And do you have leaky gut? Because mm. if you have leaky gut, we got to start from there. We've got gaping holes in the intestinal lining. And so lots of chaos is going to result if we don't fix that gut. 
No, I think you bring up a great point. I think people will throw darts against the wall and think, well, I have this and this, so therefore I have that. But that's not necessarily the case until you actually do look at the blood, a stool sample, in some cases saliva. Um, so is is this a case of just, I mean, shouldn't a doctor be doing this already? What What's the disconnect there between a doctor taking samples and coming up with a diagnosis versus somebody that really understands how nutrition works and perhaps plays into it. So the real root of this problem of the paradigm that we have in conventional medicine is not really the doctor's fault. It's just, it's really starts in medical school. We don't talk about nutrition. We don't teach nutrition. It's sometimes an elective at a lot of medical schools, but we're talking about a few hours of um, nutrition. And it's really more sort of the, um, the the government pyramid nutrition. There isn't an extensive um, lesson on nutrition, and there is absolutely no connectivity of what we eat affects your your health. I hear it all the time. So, um, and you know, I, I experience it too. If I take my kids when they were younger to the pediatrician, they would give them a lollipop afterwards. And I, I, how insane is that, right? We're giving them dyes and sugars and chemicals and, and sometimes artificial sweeteners if they're sugar-free. Um, so we we have, there, there. there's a major disconnect between what we eat and how it affects the body. And in functional nutrition, which is what I do, we look at prevention rather than just waiting for disease to already be there because conventional doctors cannot treat prevention. They just can treat disease when it gets there. And then we look at the body as a whole interconnective um, unit rather than different appendages or different organs. And then we are looking at prevention and we look at data. We look at a lot of data. I cannot tell you how many times I work with a ton of people with thyroid issues. They come in with one or two markers out of the nine that I test for, and they say, oh, the doctor said my thyroid's fine. Mm. And I and I and don't you want to know what's going on? And and if you don't feel like you, that it's fine, or even if you're on medication and you still have the symptoms, we're not looking deep enough. And unfortunately, the problem is, is insurance companies will not cover these tests. Mm. So we are beholden to the insurance companies. And it's just, it's a very downward spiral. And that's why uh, functional nutrition and functional medicine is becoming so much more popular because it was created by MDs who were really frustrated with the pill for now. And we test more elaborately and um, insurance companies don't pay for it. So unfortunately people have to come out of pocket. I just bought mine uh, today. I'm gonna go get my blood tested tomorrow and I have to pay out of cash for it because my insurance company doesn't cover it. Mm. This is this is a very frustrating paradigm for sure. And I think, you know, for me personally, like I as I kind of transition <laughs> hormonally, you know, I'm also finding myself in a place where certain things just don't come as easy as they used to. You know, I don't sleep as well as I used to. I definitely feel, you know, a little out of whack more than often. And you know, you have to make a choice. You have to decide, okay, is, is this worth investing a little bit of money into to feel better? And the answer is yes. I for mean, me, sure. we have to kind of prioritize that for the long haul. Um, let's talk a little bit about diet. And I know that you have a book um, and I'd love to hear a little bit more and share that with our listeners. Diet is a four letter word, which yes. I because I, I believe this so much, I think it, it comes from a place of deprivation and 
denial and that just is counterintuitive to the human nature how do you see it and how do we reposition or rotate the plate so to speak so that people see it from a place of 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 joy and abundance instead i love that you asked that so my book is called food frame a diet diet is a four letter word and the reason and i i really struggled with that subtitle because it doesn't really explain the book but it really succinctly states how I feel. I work with so many people for so many years that I see every person is different. And I really truly believe that everybody should be eating for their current health status, right? So whatever you're currently, if you're, if you've got hormone imbalance, or you've got blood sugar issues, or you've got thyroid issues, or you've got um, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, SIBO, or you've got IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, you should be eating according to what your health status is. And unfortunately, we see these books, these diet books, or these eating lifestyle books that are coming out, and they're all great. They are, I mean, some of these are phenomenal books. I love them, but they do not fit for everybody. I would not recommend intermittent fasting for somebody who's got low blood sugar. They're going to epically fail. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend keto for somebody who doesn't have a gallbladder or has fat malabsorption or, you know, or who doesn't have blood sugar issues. Not every diet is right for every person. So my methodology, which is the food frame, I have a quiz on my website that you can take and find out what your food frame is. And, and we should all be eating according to what our current health status is. So the people I work with in my office, I already know what their health status is because I'm doing their blood test and their stool test. So we eat according to that. But for people I don't work with, I just urge everybody to do this because we all have that neighbor or that cousin, or that friend or that work uh, associate that lost 42 pounds on keto. And when you tried it, you said, I, I gained like two pounds. Have you ever wondered, is rinsing my produce with the water that comes out of the sink that I don't even drink enough to really clean it? Well, then you're one of the smartest people I know. Because you're absolutely right. It's not enough. That's why we created the only all-natural and patented line of food wash and wipes. And it's called Eat Cleaner. It's tasteless, odorless, and lab tested. And it removes up to 99.9% .9 of the residue that water can't, including pesticides, wax, soil, and junk that can carry bacteria that can really make you sick. Plus, we formulated it to help extend the shelf life of your fresh produce too. And that'll save you money. When your berries are lasting up to 10, 12 days, you know that's a good thing. It helps your produce last up to five times longer using a natural blend of fruit acids and antioxidants. So there's no chemicals. It's just clean eating fun. And this can help save your family an average of over $500 per year. Make it easy on yourself, reduce waste, and get that fruit and veggies into your body, where it's gonna do you a lot of good and not in the trash. Check us out, eatcleaner.com, or head to our Amazon store at amazon.com forward slash eatcleaner. So it, it every every diet type or every life's eating lifestyle is not for every person. So it means I think that that's, you you're so right on the target there. And we'll include a link to your website so people can take your food frame quiz because 
it's, it's so important to come from a place of knowing yourself and having a professional evaluate and give you a recommendation rather than just kind of saying, well, Sally did it and she got these results. Exactly. And therefore, well, we're all different. We're all different ages, different, different levels, different, you know, markers that are going to put us in different situations. Are there some common denominators, though, that you see that do help people across the board? Um, because I think, you know, maybe people need to kind of get to the point where they discover what is needed for them. But baby steps sometimes, right? If they don't eat vegetables, like that's probably a good place to start. Are yeah. there some common denominators that you recommend to patients to at least kind of get on the right track? No matter what person I'm working with, I'm basically recommending protein, fat, and fiber. Every meal should have protein, fat, and fiber because that's what our fuel is, right? That's what we that's what we use to thrive and use to create energy and and helps take out the trash and it has everything we need. And I do urge every, no matter what diet uh, type or eating lifestyle you are on, I would always recommend absolutely removing the sugar. The sugar is not going to help us. And carbohydrates are not the devil, but we don't need as much as we're getting. We consume way more carbohydrates than we used to. And so I would say, watch your carbohydrates. I wouldn't say take out every carbohydrate because every food has carbohydrate with the and exception the quality of, of the carbohydrate too, right? I mean, exactly. The quality of the carbohydrate, right? So I like carbohydrates through vegetables. And if you're working out a ton, or if you, you've got some other issues, you're absolutely, you know, I'd recommend some good gluten-free carbohydrates for you. Yeah. So, Yeah. But those are the standard, you know, watch your alcohol, absolutely no processed foods, no uh, fast foods and oils are a big one. Those when you change your oils, you can just really make a big impact in your health and your energy and your mitochondria. And so that is one thing across the board, I would say to everybody is, you know, clean up your oils and use clean ones. Yeah, I think, you know, oils are one that people really get tripped up on, too, because if you go into like a quote natural store, you know, you kind of assume that everything that they have is going to be good for you, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, how can, you know, how do you get people to kind of, because I mean, convenience foods are just a part of our daily lives. How do you get people to understand how to read labels better? Because I find that that is a really tricky one. There's so many different ingredients out there. Even if you're buying like a, a pre-cooked turkey or a, you know, hard boiled egg, sometimes they're adding stuff to it to increase the shelf life. Exactly. A lot of times they are. And so um, you hit the nail on the head with saying read labels, right? So we should really be eating foods that don't even have labels to start with. But if we do have foods that have labels, then we should be looking for things that we know, not things that we don't know. I would absolutely say if there's dyes in there, take them out. MSG, take it out. Uh, BTHQ, there's tons of preservatives that I would say take out, don't have. Um, but ones that people would be familiar with, I would say if it's not in your pantry, don't eat that product, right? Um, there's a lot of sophisticated and long um, names. So I would say if, if you don't know what that is, it's probably not best to eat it. Um, again, sugar, sugar shows up in so many different forms. So if you can, any maltodextrin or things like that, I would say absolutely remove or do not have products that have that. But we take it for granted. We don't even realize um, 
that uh, we that this is not healthy. We don't yeah. even read the label. So we just say, oh, it's it's an egg, right? It's a hard boiled egg. What could be? You should always read the labels, always. And all these coffee drinks and the tea drinks are really hidden. Um, I had somebody come in the office last week, a young girl, 17 years old, who's drinking a lot of chai lattes. Well, we looked it up and it was 42 grams of sugar in this chai latte that she was having almost every day. Yeah. And she was yeah. exhausted. I'm like, of course you're exhausted. 42 grams of sugar? Yeah. That's like, you know, it's just a ton of sugar. Yeah. So we have to watch for this and read the labels and, and you question. You know, I have this interesting experiment I do if I do go to Costco, which I don't do very often, but if I do go and I have time, I sit back and I watch when they're doing giving out the free samples. And I never, ever once have seen anybody ask what the ingredients are. Hmm. I see them trying to sink for a second, yeah. but I never see what, you know, and I've asked them sometimes, you know, is anybody ask you what's in this? Yeah. And nobody ever says yes. So I, I asked the other day. So it's hey. really funny that you said that because I also felt kind of strange asking because there were all these people, because now they're sampling again. Right. And I was like, what's the sugar in that? It was um, a juice drink. And uh, she was like, oh, let me check. Because nobody had asked the question. So right. asking the question and becoming knowledgeable in exactly. guidelines and what an additive even looks like. Like you said, sugar shows up in so many different forms. Honey might be natural, but it's still sugar and it still I metabolizes in your body that way. Yeah. I have a question for you. How do you feel about caffeine? Um, you know, caffeine, I don't personally drink it. Um, and I, I, there's so many different answers to this, but I'll give you my top two or three. Caffeine for somebody who can tolerate it is not bad. Um, I think there's a fallacy that it gives us this energy. It gives us a little bump, but it really, we get more energy when we take out caffeine. And I, people say this to me all the time when they get off coffee, when they do my detox. Um, but it's a, a lot of caffeine issues are what we put with the caffeine. Mm -hmm. So are we putting some kind of dairy and sugar and artificial sweeteners and artificial things in this, this, this vehicle of caffeine? Um, and then how much caffeine are we having? I mean, I work with people who literally have eight cups of coffee every single day, and they may be putting one sugar packet in each one or any kind of Splenda sucralose in there. So those are the things that I say remove, right? Um, and then the other issue with caffeine is people who have adrenal fatigue or have some sort of cortisol dysregulation, I am not recommending caffeine products for them. It's not going to help their, help their circadian rhythm. It doesn't help their adrenal glands. So if you don't have any um, adrenal issues and you can tolerate it, you can do a genetic test, which I do a lot of genetic testing on, and you can tolerate caffeine, then go for it, it a little bit, a little one cup or, or I wouldn't even do two cups and don't put any crap in it. Then, you know, you're okay with that. I'm smiling because does anybody not have adrenal fatigue? Right now? <laughs> like, yeah, actually, good point, right? Coming out of where we've been, I mean, I, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm just going to use myself as an example. You know, this whole period, the last two years, has changed me. You know, things that I was once able to tolerate, I can't now. Things that I was once able to do, like I feel so thrown off, and I feel like just as human beings, we have been so kind of jostled, I guess is yeah. really the word. So what I would say to everybody listening is maybe what worked for you a couple of years ago is not working for you right now, simply because 
we have been under so much duress and stress in our lives and plugged in more than ever. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen that affecting your patients. And I know thyroid is something that you look at very closely. Would you say the two are somehow connected? Absolutely. Yeah, they're part of the endocrine system. So for sure. Um, And oftentimes when the thyroid is just regulated, the adrenal glands, the cortisol production is dysregulated and we'll see sugar also dysregulate. So stress affects everything. Now, whether it's, you know, environmental stress, food stress, uh, or toxins, it could be uh, relationship and, and, and work stress, all of those things play a part in our cortisol production, right? So if you're, if you can't get to sleep, most likely it's a cortisol issue. It could be thyroid and probably not blood sugar at that hour, but it could be, but um, yeah, those are absolutely related. The thyroid is super important. It's our modulator for our metabolism, our temperature gauge. We help, it helps us with growth. Um, there's so many things that we need in our with our thyroid. And if that is not, if that's underperforming, then we're going to have some effects from that all over the place. So we always have to watch for that and test for that and make sure we're optimizing that thyroid all the time, especially if you're an autoimmunity Hashimoto's. Yeah. So I know uh, autoimmune is your specialty. And you mentioned before we got started that you suffer from an autoimmune condition. Would you be comfortable sharing a little bit about that? Absolutely. I don't know that I would say that I suffer from it, but I do currently have Hashimoto's. Um, I manage it really, really well. In fact, I, as I mentioned, I just ordered my blood test and I, I'm hoping that I am now at the point where I will have fully reversed it. I went from a TPO, a thyroid peroxidase antibody from 1400, and I'm now down to 44 and under 34 basically is undetectable. Wow. So I'm hoping that all the work I've done for all these years with diet, exercise, supplementation is going to reverse my Hashimoto's. Believe me, I will be announcing it. I'm super excited about well, that. Well, that is, that's amazing because I know several people who, and I won't use the word suffer, but who have Hashimoto's that live with it, that manage it. But to think that you could completely reverse it, is this, we reversed it in my office last week, actually, with a patient that I've been working with for maybe eight months. So um, she didn't know she had it. She's been on thyroid medication for 15 years, didn't feel well, was exhausted, had to nap every day and couldn't lose weight, came in. She's lost a boatload of weight with me and she never naps ever. She's at the top of her game. And then we just got her follow-up lab results and we it's gone she doesn't have um any antibodies for her thyroid which is so exciting right so exciting and i think you know i i've seen it time and time again i coach people who you know are on blood sugar medication they're on you know heart medication they're on so many different medications and they just think that that is what they're going to do for the rest of their lives and just know that with lifestyle changes you can reverse disease and that's what's so amazing about when you say like i'm not sure if something's working it's working (laughs) but you have to you have to kind of start in a place where do you suggest first of all how can people connect with you best and we'll definitely put the link for the quiz but um, I want to encourage people to also reach out to you if they do have an autoimmune to kind of get started on these protocols. Yeah. Determine how they what the best course of action is to reverse their condition. 
Sure. So everybody's individual. So I don't have any um, blanket advice for everybody, but there, I do have a course on thyroid that's coming out and it's every single thing you need to know. It's achieving optimal thyroid health, but it's, I mean, I dissected everything at thyroidectomy, nodules, hyperthyroid, hypo, uh, graves and Hashi's, everything you need to know what to eat, what supplements to take, what not to do, how toxins affected and leaky gut. I mean, I really, it's a very extensive program. Um, so for people who are interested in doing that, uh, that's available online on Risa Grew Nutrition. And anybody who wants to work with me, it's Risa Grew Nutrition. Um, and then my book, Food Frame, is very helpful. And I talk about the blood test to order as well there in the stool test. And, um, you know, there's a lot of root causes in the stool that, that live in the intestines that can cause a lot of autoimmunity, rheumatoid arthritis and colitis. I mean, we've reversed a few of those in here. Um, so it, it can be done, yes, but it's not a blanket approach usually, but it is, um, it can be done, absolutely. You know, I, as I say about medication, and I'm not um, being pejorative about medications, but it, it wouldn't be my go, first go-to. Giving a medication, I've never seen, by the way, mel uh, 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 metformin reverse diabetes ever. I've never seen that happen. But, you know, it's like plugging up a hole in the, the front of the boat but yeah. then two more pop up in the back. And the next thing you know, you're running to the back and you're trying to fill those two and then three more pop up. And oh. we're just on this vicious chase because these medications, I have lists here in my office, what all these medications block, they block nutrients. So then you're gonna have to take more supplements and it's just this vicious cycle. So um, I don't believe in the pill for nil paradigm. I do believe that lifestyle and food and supplements can change. I see it in here every single solitary day and obviously with me personally as well. And it's the greatest thing to watch people heal. I love it. I love it. So we will put links to your website and can people get your book there as well? On my website, yes. It's also on Barnes and Noble, Amazon and Target. Um, and social media, Risa Grew Nutrition um, on all social media platforms. Beautiful. So I'd love to wrap up our, our chat today with a question that I ask every guest. Okay. It, what would be the meal? I'm not going to call it a last meal, but your favorite meal, that meal that you love, what would it be and who would make it for you? Oh, um, you know, it's so funny. I was just putting this big bowl of salad on the table last night and I just said, I just love salad. I just love it. I It was the greatest salad I made. It had so many things in it. So I would have to say it would be a tie between the greatest salad or maybe I can incorporate both. The greatest salad with a piece of salmon on it and a gluten-free pizza. Mm. And I love pizza. I don't do gluten and it's a very rare treat but I love a good, fresh, gluten-free pizza. Um, so that would be my very favorite meal, yes. What's in your salad besides the salmon? Oh my gosh, I put so many things. I always put a fat and a, and a fiber in addition to the greens, but I usually put different types of greens. Um, last night I had microgreens, avocado. I had a little bit of olives. I had um, uh, cabbage, pickled cabbage. Um, it's a little bit of broccoli in there, um, usually onions of some form, mushrooms, love mushrooms, um, carrots, fennel. I'm obsessed with fennel right now. And then I always put sesame seeds um, or sunflower seeds in my salad because the whole salad bowl. I love it. Yeah, I love it. You're yeah. my kind of girl. Well, Risa, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and for helping people to 
get back into their stride. I think um, eating to thrive is definitely my mantra. And I love that we can kind of shout it from the rooftops and over and over again, remind people that the lifestyle habits that they make today will impact them and the people around them for a really, 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 really long time. Exactly. Exactly. And I always say to people, you're eating for your grandchildren. Even if you don't have grandchildren, you're showing your children how to eat. So they'll treat their grand, their children, you know, with good food. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Thank you so much for being on. And I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag, R-F-Y-B-L for Recipes for Your Best Life. I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.